You're listening to Renegade Broadcasting. Welcome to the Solar Storm. This is your host, Kyle Hunt, coming to you October 2nd, 2021. Thank you so much for joining me here at RenegadeBroadcasting.com. Please check out RenegadeTribune.com and go on over to HeathenHerbs.com as well. To start off the show here, at the beginning of October, I wanted to announce something that I think is a decent little idea. And I'd like to call it October's Online Offensive. We know that our enemies are having quite the time trying to ban all sorts of different content that they don't like off of their different platforms. Whether it's Facebook or whether it's YouTube who recently banned anything, anything at all that's even remotely critical of vaccinations. And it doesn't matter if you're a former congressman like Ron Paul. He got one of his channels banned. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor like Mercola. It doesn't matter. You're going to get banned. If you don't go along with the program that everybody needs to get their damn vaccines, you're getting banned. Now, they've already banned people like me for not hating white people. For being a white person who doesn't hate himself, that'll get you banned too. Criticizing Jews who obviously have a disproportionate amount of power, that's anti-Semitism and banned. Question the Holocaust and the sacred six million, banned. So we're getting banned left and right, which just goes to show how effective our online activism has been up until now. I've been around this material for a long time. I've had websites for a long time. I was interviewed on Red Ice back in 2009, where I was talking about Zog, the Zionist occupation government, because we were talking about technology. And in that movie Astro Boy that had come out somewhat recently at the time, there was a big robot with Zog right, <laughs> written right across it. So I was just bringing that up because I was dealing with some kind of synchro mysticism. And it was really around 2012 that I really started getting in there and hammering away at the Jewish control system and especially white genocide. Now, I've been talking about Jews for you know a few years prior, but that's when I really let it all loose 
and 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 that's when I started Renegade Broadcasting is in 2012 and then Renegade Tribune in 2013. So I've been plugging away at this for a while and I can tell you things have really changed in terms of the general public's awareness of what's going on. People are starting to get it. And if you look at any of these comment sections on let's say YouTube, if it's a mainstream news piece, vast vast uh, amount of people in the comments, just letting the truth out there in a way that, you know, I would try to tell you here on this program. They are, they get it. They get it. And the amount of dislikes that these mainstream uh, videos get, of course, going to far outnumber the amount of likes. So it is good to see. Uh, and I know it's frustrating getting banned. I've been banned left and right. But what I'm going to suggest for the October online offensive is that you just do your part however you want to. If that means opening up some accounts at some of these Jew mainstream sites and, and trying to get in on the, on the comment sections, maybe creating some content before you get banned, then that's all right. If it means setting up a Gab account, and listen, I, I, don't, I'm not, I am no fan of Andrew Torba. I am completely suspicious of Gab as a honeypot, and I, I get all that. But if you want to start up there... Uh, Mention me in some of your gaps. I go by Renegade Reporter, and then I'll help to get you some followers as well. And we'll continue to network, and we'll continue to make our online presence felt even more so. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that you can't do real-world activism. But I just wanted to give an opportunity for people to feel like they can do more to help influence the overall culture, to, to fight back, to have their voice be heard. So that's why I'm saying you don't need to have a large network of people. And, you know, if you wanted to get there out there, you know, protesting the street and you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, th then do it online, do whatever you can. Don't feel like you need to put your face out there that you need to use your real name. If you want to do those things, that's fine. Just do what you can. If that's sharing these shows, if it's emailing people, you don't even need to be on the social networks. You don't need to be on Telegram, whatever. Just email your contacts. Send them the best videos that you find. Send them some good links. Really start to connect the dots for people that you know and love. That's all it takes. But this is what we're going to be doing in October. We're going to be ramping things up as it comes towards the culmination, which will be, of course, Halloween. Now, it doesn't mean that we stop everything at Halloween, but I just really feel like, for some reason, it just came to me, October's online offensive. We need to really ramp up this war because we've been having a great effect. They cannot put the cat back in the bag. And what I want to have is basically them playing whack-a-mole. Just a massive game of whack-a-mole where every time they try to squash one of us down, five million, maybe even six million more pop up in its stead. So if that means creating sock puppets, you know, you bet, get banned on one account, you start up a new one and you keep commenting, you, go, you get on Twitter maybe even, you start really getting after some of these celebrity vax pushers, you get after some of these professional anti-whites, go for it. And it doesn't need to be just one particular topic. It could be all the things that we discuss here. It could be even things that we don't discuss here. But I want you to really take an active part in this struggle. And as I said, if you want to do that real world style, great. But if you feel like you, you 
you just that's not you know in the cards for you then you have so many different ways of being active online so just think of a few ways that you can start to get the ball rolling and we're all going to ramp it up towards the end of october and we're going to give our enemies hell because that's what they're giving to us and we're going to we're going to let them know that their actions have consequences. Their poisoning of humanity is not going unnoticed and that they will be held accountable. That is the ultimate goal here is to have these people held accountable and to have so many people knowing that it's just impossible to stop the inevitable. Guys, we outnumber them just in an incredible way. Yeah, maybe they have more money. Of course they do. Yeah, they control this and they control that, but we have the numbers and we need to understand the strength in our numbers. All right, so with that out of the way, keep that in mind as we continue through the, the topics I discuss here today. You know, maybe think of some things that you want to really get active about, some, some of the topics that we discuss that are most important to you, and then amplify. That's what we're trying to do here with this offensive is just amplify and make our voices heard. So the first issues I wanted to deal with here today would, uh, are regarding white issues. And this is something that, of course, I've been dealing with forever. Well, not forever, but at least a decade now. Because I've seen just how destructive this, uh, this anti-white agenda is and how just abusive it is. White genocide is really just abusing the minds of, of children and adults alike. It is so sick that people think that they're born into this world with this original sin of r white racism. So I wrote an article a few days ago called, White People, Your Government is Waging War on You. And I talk about the countless stories uh, coming out about how the government is saying that we are basically the most... Uh, racist, violent extremists there are, that we are the biggest threat to, to the homeland. You know, you got to listen to the head of uh, the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, who's a Jewish supremacist, and, and really listen to him. You don't have to worry about the Haitians, the violent Haitians that are flooding into the country. You know, the real threat is white people. Even though, I mean, you got to just, you got to look at what the government is doing. The government is inherently discriminatory, inherently racist, inherently genocidal to white people. And I've proved this so many times. It's so obvious. It's slapping you right in the face. All the grants and loans to non-whites, all the affirmative action, the diversity quotas, people being fired from their jobs simply for being white. This is what's going on in this world. And it's not just America. Guys, this is all Zog governments. Insane double standards applied to white people, especially in the era of the coronavirus pandemic. Think about in 2020 when white people just had to be locked up inside. They had to have their masks on. They had to be socially distanced while black people were just rioting looting, going crazy, uh, marching, you know, side by side without any masks on. But, you know, that's okay because, as I discussed at the time, the, the virus of racism is far more dangerous than the virus of COVID. That's what they were saying. And it goes to show that the government doesn't give a damn about actually health and safety. We know that. It's all about destroying our countries and, of course, the white inhabitants of these countries. That's why they're flooding us with these hordes of hostile non-white invaders. 
That's why Silicon Valley's tech giants, you know, are giving all sorts of benefits to anything that's not white owned, right? Oh, you're a non-white business here. We're going to amplify you. We're going to amplify melanated voices. We're going to make sure that you get more business than any white people. We're going to drive them out of business. Anybody who was able to survive all the COVID restrictions with their small businesses, you know, all these white people, no, we're going to, we're going to kick them to the curb, make sure that they can't even feed their families, especially if they're not vaccinated. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I mean, our government is part of this whole organization that includes academia, which is completely determined to, uh, flood us with hostile invaders to browbeat us, to make us feel guilty and also just to basically get us to hate ourselves for just being white. And, and the, essentially white people don't have rights in this country. We don't even have the freedom of speech at this point. And they're trying to take away the Second Amendment as well. They're, they're committing genocide. Uh, it, I mean, how obvious is it? Let's just play this clip by, by Biden back when he was right next to Mayorkas back when the, uh, Biden was the VP. And it just, I mean, he's admitting it's, it's a genocidal agenda. So there's a second thing in that black box, an unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America, absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. Yeah, genociding white people is a source of their strength. That is true. It's, it's just so infuriating that people still, some people still cannot see this. They don't understand what is really going on. That this isn't about love and diversity. This is about destroying white people. And they think it is uh, the ultimate good. And just think about how many religious people uh, think that this is doing God's work, destroying white people. Let's take a look at what's going on with this unrelenting stream of mass immigration. The latest news is that uh, about 60,000 or more Haitians are still on their way to the United States. That's according to the Panama foreign minister, Erica Moines. And she was trying to sound the alarm about how many more Haitians are on the way. And that means that they're coming from South America, right, through Panama. These people have all been settled. They're not undocumented. They just get rid of their documentation so that they can be undocumented here in the United States. And she tried to you know, bring this up to Mayorkas. He just didn't care. He doesn't care. He, they're doing this on purpose. Yeah, everything is going according to plan. Uh, Mayorkas said that the U.S. was capable of handling crises like what happened in Del Rio and noted that we are working in a completely broken system. We have an incredible ability to deploy resources to meet the challenges that we face, and we actually have evidence that quite powerfully in Del Rio, Texas, in less than a week, we addressed a population of 15,000 there, and now there are none. Why are there none, you Jewish supremacist? Because you admitted of those 15,000, you allowed 12,000 or more to just roam around freely in the United States. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, guys. That's just what they're telling us about. They are throwing Haitians all around this country. And uh, it's just, it's being uh, 
helped out by the Catholic Church as well. They're just busing them off to all these different parts of the country as if it wasn't bad enough, as if the immigration crisis with mestizos coming from south of the border wasn't bad enough. Now we got Haitians who are already settled outside of Haiti flooding in here like crazy because they were invited in. The people whose ancestors killed all of the white people on their island are now flooding into this country. It's a source of our strength. Thanks so much, Jews. So they've got so many more that are going to be coming in. This is just, it's going to continue until they're stopped. And the horrors that will be unleashed are going to be unfathomable unless people really start to gain control of our destiny here. Now, the DHS is planning to shield the majority of illegal aliens from deportation and this includes mentally ill criminals. Um, looking at information liberation here, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is no longer going to deport people solely because they are undocumented and is advising ICE to consider shielding mentally ill criminals from deportation in the name of achieving justice. Uh, come, and as I told you, the reason that these people are throwing away their documentation is so that nobody knows that they were actually settled perfectly fine in, in places uh, in South America. And now they're undocumented and they can't be deported. Let me just read some of what Mayorkas said. For the first time, our guidelines will, in the pursuit of public safety, require an assessment of the individual and take into account the totality of the facts and circumstances. In exercising this discretion, we are guided by the knowledge that there are individuals in our country who have been here for generations and contributed to our country's well-being, including those who have been on the front line in the battle against COVID, lead congregations of faith, and teach our children. As we strive to provide them with a path to status, we will not work in conflict by spending resources seeking to remove those who do not pose a threat and, in fact, make our nation stronger. Yes! Flooding us with dumb Haitians and violent criminal Haitians is going to make us stronger, guys. He goes on and says, The fact an individual is a removable non-citizen will not alone be the basis for an enforcement action against them. And he also goes on to talk about how, yeah, you can't, you can't just deport uh, people with a mental condition that may have contributed to them becoming criminal. Yes, that's actually part of the, the priorities for ICE now, is making sure that mentally ill criminals can stay in the country. That's really going to keep our nation safe. Why do we have a Jewish supremacist in charge of defending the homeland? It, well, I think you and I know why, but people need to really start asking these questions. Why is it that there are 50-plus Jews in the Biden administration at top levels? Is that is that diversity? Is that actually a good representation of what the country looks like? Because last I checked, Jews were saying they're 2% of the population. Why are they now the vast majority of people in the administration? Because they're Jewish supremacists and this is how they Jew. This is what they do. All right, you know what I'm going to do is play uh, a little bit of a clip here. Actually, it's a long bit of a clip. It's uh, over four minutes. And this should just get your blood boiling. How about that? It's, uh, I found it on World Truth. It's called Anti-White Evil. Let's listen in. You say that all whites are racist. Can you ex expound on that? Any, any white person who was born, raised, and schooled in the United States of America 
If you aren't a racist, you're a miracle. It, one of the things about white privilege, white people don't realize they have it because it's inherent, so they don't think about it. Aren't these things that white people do every day? Things like following black people in a store or crossing the street when you see black people up ahead, or the violence. Florida Gulf Coast University offering a course this semester called White Racism. Where white racism manifests itself, such as the education system, the criminal justice system, the legal system, uh, in areas of housing, uh, retail. But here's the thing, white people. Black people are done with your oppression. White people are all racist. Oh, maybe some of us have worked it out. No, you're always going to be racist, actually. I believe that white people are born into not being human. Whiteness <laughs> is an ideology. It's a culture. It's a value system. And what we need to do is we need to eliminate that value system. A Black Lives Matter group in New York City threw a Memorial Day party and barred anyone who was not black from attending. Yes, all white people. All white people are racist. And the reason why all white people are racist is because all white people are born into and raised in a racist white supremacist society that instills racist white supremacist ideals within them. Because, again, you wouldn't understand because you've lived with white privilege your entire life. I think this is the problem is that white people are thinking about how it makes them feel when, when racism doesn't affect them. What do you say? To, what do you say to the people who are who dragged a poor white guy out of a car and beat him? Oh my goodness, poor jump. white people! Please, oh my, stop, stop it, Carl. And Black Lives Matter planning to take down quote white capitalism by boycotting white-owned businesses. We have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Ten suggestions for white people. The first says they should leave their property to minorities if they don't have any descendants. The list also urges readers to record people who make racist comments in the workplace and get them fired. She also tweeted, uh, can't hashtag cancel white people, and oh man, it's kind of sick how much uh, joy I get out of being cruel to old white men, and white people have stopped breeding, you'll all go extinct soon, that was my plan all along. Uh, dumb effing white people marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs. No, I don't think um, Sarah's tweets are racist. Look, she has a prejudice perhaps against um, white men, but that in fact does not make her racist. I will teach my boys the lesson of generations old, he wrote. I will teach them to be cautious. I will teach them suspicion. I will teach them distrust. I will teach my boys to have profound doubts that friendship with white people is possible. Our country should be more fearful um, of, of, of white men across our country. And it's not because I'm a great person or I'm a genius or I've figured anything out. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm a white man, that I have enjoyed white privilege. His whiteness will mean that a police officer might give him a second chance. When you're white, you don't know what it's like to be living in a ghetto. You don't know what it's like to be poor. There are a bunch of white guys. No, I mean it sincerely, a bunch of white guys. We white Americans need to do a better job. A white man's culture. It's got to change. It's got to change. All this whining about the poor plight of white men is ridiculous. Hey, can I show you one? Bunch of goddamn Jews, goddamn genocidal anti-whites. So sick of it. I'm so sick of it. And some of the people you heard, mainstream commentators, 
American politicians. Oh, the president. <laughs> oh, man. We are just surrounded by people who want us dead. All right, let's turn over to what's happening in some of these colleges. This is from the College Fix. Princeton freshmen forced to view video about university's systemic racism. Oh, yeah, Princeton's so freaking racist that they'll indoctrinate their first years about how racist they are. That, that's just so absurd. Yeah, the purpose of the video is to grapple with systemic racism at Princeton University. And, of, of course, this has met some resistance, you know, by just regular people who've called it indoctrination, saying it's one-sided and a negative picture of Princeton's history. Yep, I mean, this is just happening all over the place. All over. Uh, let's take a look at U University of Alabama. Their theater department adds diversity statements to its play productions. Jeez. So, uh, <laughs> the diversity statements are to increase inclusivity, engage the community, and promote important discussions in an, in, in an entertaining way. Instead of allowing patrons to enjoy an interpretive performance, the diversity statements encourage patrons to contemplate issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion before setting foot in the theater. The diversity statement for the play Pippin points out the narration by the character, uh, who's known as the leading player, is done traditionally by someone of color. This is important, for through the leading player's narration, we see them and their inclusive troupe of players shedding light on the privileges that bring Pippin to a state of constant conflict. The statement for Legally Blonde claims the show seeks out the merit and diversity so the entire community can benefit from it. If a person of color is cast for a role not traditionally created for him or her, that person's cultural connotations will be taken to, into account, and if necessary, the performance altered to better suit the person's needs and perspectives. So take old plays, and then if they cast a black person, they're going to change the lines in those plays to make it, you know, a little bit more, more in tune for the black culture. I, I can't do a black scent. That was probably the worst impression I've done here on this show. But it goes on and on about how they're using these diversity statements to inform the theater goers just about how important kicking white people out of all positions is. You know, it's they love they love replacing white characters with black actors, right? They do this all the time in the movies. But let's just think what would happen if you take an historically black character and replace him with a white person. I want to play Othello. I'm going to be Othello. Uh, that's what I'm going to I'm going to find some theater around here that still puts on Shakespeare productions, and I'm going to I'm going to be Othello. And if they don't allow that to happen, that is serious racism. And then again, he's not a very good character. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's an appropriate character for a black person to play on second thought. Okay, so let's, uh, let's look at this from a little while ago. Bloomberg confirms wokeism is a tool for exporting U.S. influence, serves elite interests. This is from Information Liberation. Wokeism serves elite interests by getting radicals to focus on fighting the patriarchy and white supremacy, a.k.a. their middle-class neighbors rather than our Jeffrey Epstein-compromised elite. Economist Tyler Cohen all but admitted as much in a column for Bloomberg News on Sunday. It was The column was titled, Why Wokeism Will Rule the World. One question raised by the woke movement, though hardly ever asked, is whether the U.S. will be able to deploy this new intellectual tool for exporting American cultural influence. Put it another way, if there is going to be an international progressive class, why not Americanize it? 
wokeism is an idea that can be adapted to virtually every country. Identify a major form of oppression in a given region or nation, argue that people should be more sensitive to it, add some rhetorical flourishes, purge some wrongdoers and a few innocents, and voila, you've created another woke movement. As the technology writer and lawyer Paul Scholas has written, Me Too and Black Lives Matter are essentially U.S. culture issues which provide an effective identity for internationals of the progressive class. <laughs> oh, man. He writes, I also think French culture and society will emerge just fine from this engagement with wokeism. Most of all, wokeism is a way of spreading ideas from a relatively feminized American culture to a world less supportive of women's rights. That's, that's really what they're trying to do. That's what wokeism is about, is bringing a feminized American culture to the world. It's not feminized, it's Judaized. So they just talk about how they're, they're exporting this as a tool. Another question is, what are the alternatives to woke? Some people are going to be extremists no matter what. One possible alternative belief system, for example, is QAnon. According to a poll released in May by the Public Re uh, Religion Research Institute and the Interfaith Youth Corps, 15% of Americans agree with the sweeping QAnon allegation that the government, media, and financial words, worlds in the U.S. are controlled by a group of Satan-worshipping pedophiles who run a global si child sex trafficking operation. They do, it's proven. The same Cher said that true American patriots may have to resort to violence to restore order. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, goes on and says, but recall the question of the counterfactual. What exactly is wokeism a substitute for? If the woke didn't believe in wokeism, what would they believe in? So, they're saying woke and wokeism are a way to keep people engaged. <laughs> Simply asking the question is to realize the costs of woke are not as high as they might seem. The relevant comparison is not woke versus what I believe to be best, but rather woke versus a lot of other crazy stuff people are going to believe in if they weren't woke. Isn't this great? In some ways, wokeism is what a feminized, globalized version of the 21st century U.S. triumphalism looks like. So they are admitting that they want people to be woke so that they focus on fighting what the white man instead of focusing on serious issues. It's well, what, what's the substitute for? We don't want people, you know, thinking that that child traffickers are, are running the government or anything. That's just that, that's that's bad. We don't want them thinking that. So we'll just have them go after the white man uh, instead of the Jew man, like Jeffrey Epstein and all his buddies. Oh, all of those buddies, all of those people in high positions of power around the world who flew on the Lolita Express, you know, uh, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates. Uh, all those, the power players of uh, media. I mean, we could just go through the whole list. Oh, but it's just a crazy conspiracy theory to think that those people are, are trafficking children, have engaged with, with uh, underage girls. I mean, we just have to take Alan Dershowitz as word that he kept his underwear on during the massage. And that girl, he must have carded her because he knew she was over 18. He kept his underwear on. He couldn't have done anything wrong. And he knew she was over 18. He's a lawyer. You've got to believe him. Oh, man. It's just so obvious what they're doing here, right? And now what they're really pushing for is reparations. Here's an article from DNYUZ. Reparations for black residents are becoming a local issue as well as a national one. The city of Detroit took everything from Keith E. Williams and his family. Now he wants it back. 
So yeah, reparations. He's going to get some reparations. I don't give a crap about this story. Let's move on to this one here. About how Newsom signs law to return Bruce's Beach to a black family that was supposedly kicked out in the past uh, 100 plus years ago. And this is a form of reparations that's going on. They've had reparations in some form or another for so long. Think about all the welfare, all the grants, everything that is just thrown at these blacks. And it goes to some of these tech companies where you and I would have to pay to get on uh, to, you know, get one of these plans from these tech companies. But some of these companies that that I've used uh, and have kicked me off, um, they have these programs for black businesses and whatever. They'll spend, they'll throw thousands of dollars at these black businesses to help them get set up with websites, get their e-commerce going, where you have to pay. They throw money at them to help train them and everything. They have these programs for Black Lives Matter. Everything's free for them. It's crazy. Remember the, the guy who's demanding, was he demanding a free Starbucks because he was black and Black Lives Matter and all that? So there was something like that. And as I mentioned this is a, a new religion that's involving the old religion. The Catholic Church is uh, really just a tool of white genocide, no matter what Nick Fuentes or E. Keichel Jones will tell you. Let's take a look at this Catholic Outlook article. What the Catholic Church teaches on asylum and migration. <sighs> I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Matthew twenty-five thirty-five. yes. Healing a global wound. The Catholic Church teaches that all people have the right to live it, a dignified life in their homeland. Tragically, over 45 million people around the world are displaced. This festering wound typifies and reveals the imbalances and conflicts of the modern world. War, natural calamities, persecution, and discrimination of every kind have deprived millions of their home, employment, family, and homeland. Hey, Catholic Church, are you helping out the whites in South Africa? Just wondering, just wondering. Or is your holy mission only to genocide whites? Because I think that's what it is. The right to seek asylum. The Catholic Church teaches that anyone whose life is threatened has the right to protection. What about white people? What about us? No. Whether because of persecution, armed conflicts, natural disasters, or economic conditions that threaten their lives, or physical integrity. Oh, you mean like all the COVID lockdowns? It is the element of persecution, threat, or danger, or being forcibly displaced that gives rise to a right to seek asylum, rather than to migrate through ordinary channels. They go on to talk about Human dignity, devotion to humanity, justice and mercy. Oh, and raping little boys? Is that what... Oh, oh, you're not going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, because that's what you're involved in. Again, child trafficking. Can anybody argue when you have high officials in the Vatican being brought down because of it? Can anybody argue that that's what's actually going on? No, 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 but stay with Wokeism Inc., which every single big freaking business has signed on to, which every government organization is all behind which academia is all behind. Oh yeah, fight the power, fight the white man. As you, the entire establishment joins in the chorus with you. How do these people not see that they are the establishment, that they're foot soldiers for the freaking establishment, for the power? Yeah, fight the power while you're working with them as every single corporation throws up a, a red flag logo on their blue checkmark Twitter. It's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous that these some of these people these activists actually think that they're they're part of a grassroots movement no they're being used as a tool in the war against white people that's what's going on all right let's talk about jews hey let's get into the jew topic you guys you guys catch when uh 
when Bill Gates was asked about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, and basically he just said, <laughs> he wrung his hands together a little bit, and he said, well, he's dead. <laughs> so it was it was actually kind of fun to, to watch this. It was reported this. at that time. Nothing, you're not going to learn anything from listening to this that you didn't already know, but it's just, it is a little fun to watch Bill Gates squirm. And you have to wonder why Bill Gates was really taken out of the COVID spotlight. Was it because of his connections to Jeffrey Epstein that were coming out? Did they not want that? Or was he just always meant to kind of be the fall guy? Anyway, yeah, guys, listen listen to the science. Trust the science. Trust your public health officials. Trust Bill Gates. Trust everybody that's connected to a freaking Jewish child sex trafficker. Trust them to do what's right for us, okay? It was reported at that time uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? Uh, you know, I had dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. He had relationships with uh, people he said, you know, would give to global health, which is a uh, interest I have, you know. It's an interest I have. Oh, you mean about culling the population through healthcare and vaccines, which you've talked about at your freaking TED talk? Yeah, if we do a really good job with healthcare and vaccines, we could bring that number down. Talking about population. And he dodged that question beautifully. What did you know about him? Did you, did you know about him being convicted of these very light slap on the wrist charges? Yeah, that was the sweetheart deal. And that's still bad enough. Yeah, of course Bill Gates knew about it. He didn't care, though, because well, he was going to give me money. He was going to help help cull the Goyam with his money. Uh, interest I have, you know, not nearly enough philanthropy goes in that direction. Uh, you know, those meetings were were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he purported, and I cut them off. You know, that goes back a long time ago now. Oh, it's a long time ago. It's in the past. What's really funny is he regrets it, and he had to cut it off, not because, oh, well, I found out he was trafficking little Goyam girls. No, no, no. He cut it off because he didn't get the money that he wanted. That's why he cut it off. Jeez. Uh, there's, you know, so there's nothing new on that. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years um, and that, in other words, a number of meetings. Um, what did you do when you found out about his background? Well, it, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking? Here's the lesson. Jeffrey Epstein actually didn't kill himself. He's not even dead. He is, uh, <clears throat> he was basically secreted out of that jail. And nobody's talking about Ghislaine Maxwell because they're too focused on all the other COVID stuff. And because the elite of this country don't want all their dirty secrets coming out. Bill dodges these questions just left and right. <laughs> oh man, I really want to see the people who are ruling over us, raping and murdering children, taken down. I want to see them taken down so badly. Will you please help me make this a reality? Please. Please, can we do this together? Anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead. So, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, and, you know, the 
you know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy, very proud of the work of the foundation. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's what I get up every day and focus on. What, what a hero, this Bill Gates character. Oh my God. It's just so crazy. It's so crazy. People have looked to him, uh, at least in the past, as being being an expert on on global health. This guy wants to to kill a bunch of people. He's basically the living embodiment of the Georgia Guidestones. All right, so let's talk about uh, some other Jewish issues. You know that big bill that was just promising to give Israel even more U.S. taxpayer money as Americans go hungry, as Americans' businesses are being shut down because the Jewish politicians are locking us down and and creating this manufactured uh, supply chain chaos. Yeah, so the the, um, the G- only GOP congressman who actually voted against giving Israel an additional one billion dollars from U.S. taxpayers was uh, Kentucky Representative Thomas Massey. He votes against this kind of stuff all the time. And he actually called out APAC for foreign interference in our elections. And uh, he highlighted um, the pa- this past Monday a new ad APAC is running on Facebook attacking him for daring to put America first. He said, "This is how is this not foreign interference in our elections? And the, the APAC ad says, efforts to cut add conditions or restrict America's strong bipartisan commitment to Israel will only harm America's national interest. When Israel faced rocket attacks, Thomas Massey voted against Iron Dome. Thomas Massey does not speak for me. And it's got this graphic image here. Yeah, that is foreign interference in uh, U.S. politics. And it's pretty damn obvious. He also, he wrote on Twitter, fantasy, foreign aid buys U.S. influence abroad. Reality, foreign aid is the result of foreign influence exerted on U.S. politicians at home. Cynthia, Cynthia McKinney made this quite clear as well. So everybody's calling this guy completely anti-Semitic. Oh, he's just, he's horrible. Make sure he gets out of office. And, uh, you know, APAC is a foreign organization. They just have skirted the rules that say that they have to register as a foreign organization. But they claim that they lobby on behalf of Israel for America. They responded to Thomas Massey's claim that they are exerting foreign interference in our elections by saying, we are proud that we are engaged in the democratic process to strengthen the U.S.-Israel relationship. Our bipartisan efforts are reflective of American values and interests. We will not be deterred in any way by ill-informed and illegitimate attacks on this important work. They're just going after and attacking U.S. politicians because they didn't give Israel enough money. They didn't vote to give Israel even more of our money. APAC was founded by the Israeli foreign agent Isaiah Kennan, who stated straightforwardly that APAC came into existence in 1951 as the lobby for Israel. It is a foreign lobby. And then in I'm looking at uh, information liberation for this, uh, they were ordered to register as a foreign agent by the DOJ in 1962, but uh, refused to comply and used legal tricks to skirt the laws. Yep, that's what they do. That's how they do. Let's take a look at uh, this little interesting tidbit I saw in the news. 
This is from Extra Magazine. Lost during Nazi rule in Germany, one of the world's first pro-gay films has finally been restored for modern viewers. Yes! Frickin' great! By Isaac Werman. Well, Worm Man. In the early days of cinema, a German sexologist made one of the world's first pro-gay films. Lost to history after the Nazis rose to power. I can't say this uh, in German. Laws of Love has been found, restored, and released to the acclaim it deserves nearly a century after it was made. Laws of Love was released in 1927 by the renowned German scientist and sexologist Magnus Hirschfeld. This is the Jew who first started out with tranny surgery. So we have to thank this Jew for all the trannies we see today because he's a pioneer. So thanks, Jews. Just turning, turning people into trannies for a long, long time now. Almost 100 years. Good job. Although the film was never shown in its entirety in Hirschfeld's hometown of Berlin at the time of its initial release, the film received a belated premiere in the German capital this summer to an audience of about 50 people after the city permitted open-air cinemas. The film, painstakingly restored to Hirschfeld's original vision by the Unique Film Museum, is scheduled for an eventual release on DVD this year. This is important work they're doing. Hirschfeld was an important scientist and activist who was a pioneer in the field of sexual science. In 1897, Hirschfeld founded the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, SHC, which deployed scientific theories of human sexuality to advocate for the recognition of LGBTQ plus people which there wasn't a term at the time, and campaigned against their legal persecution. A couple of decades later, in 1919, Hirschfeld created this, his Berlin-based Institute of Sexual Science, ISS, which soon became known around the world for its groundbreaking research on gender and sexuality. Its medical team performed some of the world's first gender-affirming surgeries. I love that, gender-affirming. Yeah, so it's actually been over 100 years since we first got Jews releasing trainees onto the world. Hirschfeld's influence came to an abrupt end as Adolf Hitler rose to power in Germany. In 1933, students in support of the Nazis set fire to the Institute as part of a celebration of Hitler's 100th day as Chancellor. Yes. Oh, I would love to see this kind of thing again. A rally that destroyed, among many other un-German books, the archives of thousands of case studies and photographs documenting LGBTQ plus lives. Yeah, you want to know what those photographs were showing of LGBTQ plus lives, just disgusting degeneracy, filth that deserved to be burned. Hirschfeld, who was not only homosexual but Jewish, moved to France that year. He died of a heart attack two years later. In 1935, as Hitler's Third Reich became increasingly authoritarian, amidst all this, uh, laws of love went missing. Oh, what a shame. Like, it goes on and on. Apparently, he wasn't even you know, woke enough back then. He was thinking too much biologically about gender and not enough about, you know, like the mentality of gender and just all this other stuff. I didn't read the whole thing. It's a bunch of garbage. Well, let's take a look at what's going on uh, persecuting Nazis to this day. A fugitive 96-year-old Nazi death camp secretary arrested following a manhunt for failing to attend trial. This is from RT. A 96-year-old woman has been found after she failed to attend her trial for complicity in the murders of more than 11,000 people and attempted murder of many others, prompting German authorities to issue an arrest warrant. Can you prove that? 11,000 people murdered? These death camps are freaking hoax. It's so obvious. It's been proved so many damn times that the whole Holocaust story is so full of holes. 
it's just absurd. Can we talk about the masturbating machines? How ma the Jews were masturbated to death? Can we talk about the, the human uh, Jew skin lampshades? Can we talk about the human fat soap? Can we talk about the eagle and the bear? Can we talk about the pedal-driven brain-bashing machine? Can we, can we talk about the, the smoke that turns different colors based on which Jews are being burned? The, the geysers of blood that Eli Weasel talked about? Geysers of blood coming out of the ground. Oh my god. Can we talk about the wolves being raised by wolves and stuff like that? It was real in my mind. Uh, I, <laughs> I defecated diamonds daily. It is so sickening that the old people, like this 96-year-old woman, are being hounded to this day and put on trial for crimes that never even happened. On Thursday, an elderly lady was found and detained by police, having fled her care home before she was supposed to go on trial for offenses allegedly committed more than 75 years ago. How about all the, the insanely violent and gruesome things that were done by the Soviets? How about with their death camps, their serious death camps, their Jew logs? Well, see, they were Jewish, and they were trying to fight for a more progressive society. They wanted workers' rights. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what was going on. Can we talk? Has anybody been held accountable for the red tear? No, but this secretary is being put on trial. With the trial approaching, the woman, Ermgard Furchner, left her care home in a taxi and went to an underground station on Thursday morning, a spokesperson for the district court said. And the district court in Germany promptly issued an arrest warrant for a 96-year-old woman who had worked as a secretary in a Nazi death camp between 1943 and 1945, declaring her a fugitive. She was a secretary. She was due to go on trial on Thursday on charges of complicity and murder at the Stutthof Death Camp, work camp, which sat on, a, on the Baltic coast in Nazi-occupied Poland during World War II. According to German media, she had previously written a letter to the presiding judge noting that she did not want to appear in court. Yeah, I, I'd imagine so. Anyway, you understand what's going on there. You understand the hoax. Oh, well, let's take a look at what Jews are doing to ensure that anti-Semitism is stopped in its tracks. Well, we got this article from the Jewish Exponent. This is titled, Jewish Security Organization Opens National Command Center in Chicago by Ben Sales. The Secure Community Network, which coordinates security for Jewish institutions nationwide, has opened a command center in Chicago to monitor anti-Semitic threats. The center's main room is a monitoring room with a 16-foot video screen that shows a map and tally of incident reports and potential threats across the country. It is staffed by some 10 people on a daily basis, but can be operational 24 hours a day, as it was over the high holidays this month. The opening of the center comes as statistics from watchdog groups show a rise in anti-Semitic incidents in recent years. Michael Masters, CEO of the Secure Community Network, said in a statement that the command center allows us to have a central location for the community, security officials, and our partners to include law enforcement to report, coordinate, and protect the Jewish, Jewish community. Remember all those articles about uh, all the Homeland Security grants going to Jewish organizations? It was something like 97% of all Homeland Security grants went to 2% of the population. Imagine if there was a white security organization that was just monitoring all the anti-white incidents that were taking place. Well, there, there kind of are. There are a few sites out there that do this, with, not nearly with the same kind of budget, not nearly with the same kind of manpower as this Jewish group, which is one amongst uh, 6 million other Jewish groups that are all about oh, protecting the Jewish people. And, you know, if you, if you do try to monitor the 
hate attacks that occur against white people, all the hate rhetoric and all that, then it's, uh, and I, I don't even like the term like hate attack and all that, but you, you get what I'm saying. Then you're, you're deemed a Nazi. You're deemed a racist for wanting to protect white people. It's like that woman in the clip said, oh, poor white men being dragged out of their cars. Oh, oh, let me feel bad for the white man. No. <sighs> okay, let's get on to COVID. And let's start by having a little flashback here to a 2016 skit that Sinead and I did together. And it was called Anti-Semitox. And you should really ask your doctor about Anti-Semitox. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this uh, little skit after it's done. Because not only... we Basically now we have Anti-Semitox Plus. Okay? Are you constantly thinking naughty, hateful thoughts about the Jews? You know... I really think Hitler was right about the Jews. Do you actually wish the gas chambers were real? Irene Zisblatt says she was defecating diamonds daily and swallowing them again. Do you hate the side of a yarmulke? Because it reminds you of the parasitic race that has their pretty little hands in just about everything. Politics, media, banking, academia, tech companies, food corporations. What don't they control? Well, then we have got something for you. Ask your doctor about anti-Semitox. Anti-Semitox is a long-acting injectable lobotomy that ensures you will never think those anti-Semitic thoughts ever again. Developed with patented kycotropic technology from the great minds at Goldberg Pharmaceuticals, our treatment is guaranteed to work. And if it doesn't, we'll just kill you. It's time to make the switch to anti-Semitox, an injectable lobotomy. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Thanks, Jews. Anti-Semitox, an injectable lobotomy. Because hey, suicide, depersonalization, thoughts of ripping off your skin, your dick may fall off, and you may become infertile. <laughs> so basically, what we have now with the COVID vaccines is not only an injectable lobotomy, you know, we've also potentially got the black goo going in with the graphene oxide, but it's, uh, it's also contagious. So it's an injectable lobotomy that's contagious. This is anti-Semitox Plus that we're seeing now. We, we've known forever that vaccines are a tool in their arsenal. I just didn't see it coming to this point with this kind of vaccine and with these kinds of worldwide mandates. Geez, the pharmaceutical industry really is working with the governments in a big way to... And not, it's not just selling the products. It's controlling whole populations and potentially culling those populations as well. I mean, we are seeing so many deaths, so many, uh, so many injuries already, but they're all being covered up. And if you even report on them in anything like Facebook, you are going to be banned. Let's take a look at this article from the Gateway Pundit. Former Notre Dame professor who said, Damn the unvaccinated dies two weeks after receiving the third COVID shot. I'm guessing that this booster is really going to boost the number of deaths. I mean, the second shot was bad enough for people. The booster is probably going to send a lot over the edge. This is uh, being reported from Orlando, Florida. A former Notre Dame professor who routinely attacked unvaccinated people as selfish passed away after she received her third COVID vaccine. 67-year-old Karen Croak Heisler received her first COVID jab on January 13, 2021, 
Just got my first dose of the vaccine. Never been happier to be old. Now let's get these vaccines rolling for everyone. On April 9th, Heisler tweeted that she had zero side effects after receiving her second Pfizer jab. Earlier this month, Heisler tweeted she got her third jab. Just received my third COVID, COVID vaccine, she tweeted on September 7th. A week later, Heisler started to have complications and cursed the unvaccinated. Don't blame the vaccine, blame the unvaccinated. So still no, still waiting to see a doc, although they have run tests. Still no room in hospital or in ER bay. PA announcement just said ER could not accept more patients. This is a big hospital. Damn the unvaccinated. They have made life hell for a lot of people. Heisler said her cardiologist tried to admit her to the hospital, but there are no rooms because of COVID. Welcome to the reality of the COVID crisis in Florida. My cardiologist tried to admit me to the hospital, but there are no rooms because of COVID. No, it's because of the vaccine. Oh, she ends with get the damn vaccine. Why are they always saying just get the damn vaccine? Why, why is it the damn vaccine? Because you're damned if you take it. You're damned if you don't, too. You can't work. You can't get into the restaurants. After about two weeks uh, after her third COVID jab, Karen Croak Heisler passed away. According to Heisler's obituary, she d- died of cancer-related complications on September 19th. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was cancer. A couple of Heisler's students reacted to the news of her death. Uh, very sad about it, I guess. She's survived by her husband, two sons, and sister. Guys, this is happening all the time. We just... We can't keep track of all the stories. So many people have died. So many. So many people have been injured. Insane amounts. So crazy. Now, let's uh, let's play a little, a little clip here of Tom Hanks in 2016 being interviewed by, about his stupid movie, uh, Inferno, which was based on that Dan Brown series, you know, one of the books from Professor Langdon, you know, about Professor Langdon. The Da Vinci Code, that all, all that stuff. I think it was the third and final one they made. And uh, here he is talking, Mr. T- Corona, Lance Corona, uh, Tom Hanks talking, uh, joking about uh, how actually, actually, you know, the the uh, virus could be in the flu shot. So let's listen in here. And guys, it stars that, again as Professor Robert Langdon in the new movie Inferno, based on Dan Brown's best-selling novel. This time, the professor must unlock clues to save mankind from a deadly virus. It's the same woman from the hospital. We can't stay here, and we certainly can't trust the consulate. Flatterers adrift in excrementers, that's not right. If the plague exists, do you know how many governments would want it? Clerical profiteers, not there. And what they do to get so it. What, discord there? No. A biological weapon. Letters. He has assigned a letter to each sin and then changed their order. He's made an anagram. Yes, anagram. (laughs) Tom, thanks. Good morning. The disgust in my voice on the anagram thing. This virus, this worldwide plague, if I had the flu shot this year, does that cover me from Uh, this thing? You know, I'm not, I don't know. There might be conspiracy to give you the virus when you get the the flu flu shot. shot. I'm joking. Please do not. (laughs) Internet, internet, take it as a joke. Please, internet. Nope, not going to take it as a joke because that's exactly what's happening, Mr. Lance Corona. Oh, the first big celebrity to get the coronavirus. I see his Corona typewriters in the background. Like, it's all a big written script, huh? So not only is the COVID vax giving people what's known as COVID, which they're getting hospitalized with, it's also doing a whole lot of other damage. 
Like uh, the clotting conditions. Now here's an article out of The Hill. Oh, but, but still, get your damn vaccine. The European Medicines Agency, the European Union's drug regulator, on Friday found a possible link between Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine and rare cases of blood clotting in deep veins. During a pharmacovigilance risk assessment committee meeting, the agency said it found a possible link between venous thromboembolism and the J&J vaccine. The agency wrote in its meeting highlights, quote, VTE is a condition in which a blood clot forms in a deep vein, usually in a leg, arm, or groin, and may travel to the lungs, causing a blockage of the blood supply with possible life-threatening consequences. Oh, but get your damn vaccine. Your argument was, look. Oops. Yeah, I, I was actually going to read that article. I didn't realize there was a, a video that was going to play, but hey, she read it for me, so thank you. Thank you, The Hill. But still, get your damn vaccine. It's, it's rare, guys. Oh, the, the, the benefit's going to far outweigh the risk, right? I mean, you don't want, you don't want COVID. You don't want the long-term effects of COVID. You don't want long COVID. Oh, but wait a second. The vaccines don't even prevent you from getting COVID or getting sick or transmitting it. So, but still the benefits, guys. Woo, you, it won't be nearly as bad if you just get the damn vaccine. Yep, let's let's turn over to what's happening in Australia, guys. It is so bad down there. I can't even go over everything that's happening down there. But first, let's just listen to uh, Dan Andrews talk about how you're not going to be able to work if you don't get the damn vaccine. You're not going to be able to work, so you're not going to be able to feed your family. So you're not going to be able to live. You're going to die. You're gonna, your family's going to die. You, you, you're not going to be. You'll be homeless. So if you don't get the damn vaccine, which is totally your choice, you could choose not to, but you're going to be, uh, you're going to be homeless. You're going to be starving. Yep. So you better get the damn vaccine. When this guy's threatening you with death, with homelessness, with starving, when he's threatening the lives of your family, if you don't go along with big pharma's rollout here with the totalitarian COVID regime, if you don't, when he's threatening you like this, what's the proper course of action to take? I think it would be to metaphorically, of course, string him up. I think it'd be to metaphorically, of course, uh, chop his neck off in a guillotine. I think it would be to metaphorically tar and feather him. Why can't the Australians just get their hands on these people? Probably because the uh, traitorous police are protecting them all. But eventually, guys, comeuppance will come. People around the world have connected the dots. People are on the same page. They see this has been rolled out worldwide. They see the terror and the tyranny of our enemies for what it really is now. And they will. These people who are ruining our lives, who are killing people, who are murdering people, they will be held to account. They will. Mark my words. And I can't wait to see it happen. So first of all, uh, I can announce that by Friday the 15th of October, every single authorised worker that is on that authorised worker list, whether they be in Melbourne or in regional Victoria, will need to have had at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. That is, if they want to continue working. If there's people that don't want this mandatory vaccine, how do we manage well, this? Well, then they won't be going to work. It's very, very simple. It's very simple. We want to open the place up. You want to? I'm not taking lectures on freedom from people who will hold all of us back. 
right? We want to be free, we're going to be free. We're going to be open. And the key to that is getting these vaccination numbers up and up and up. Does that mean you don't have confidence in that 80% number anymore? No, no, not, not at all. We've just got to get as many people vaccinated as possible. And it's not about... It's not about the ultimate number. But will there be exemptions? I, I know you've just said there's a lot of... No, there'll be, there'll be detailed consultations, and I'm not looking to exempt anyone. I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the business of encouraging, uh, and where necessary, through orders signed by the Chief Health Officer, mandating people getting vaccinated where they pose a significant risk. There's too much, there's too much at stake. You will need to be double-vaxxed as, as an authorised worker. Even when after we get to 80% and the authorisations are no longer there... The mandate, the rule, the Chief Health Officer direction will stay in place because cases will still be an issue then. But no, that's not that's not the case. We're going to have a vaccinated economy and we're going to lock some people out because that is far better than locking everybody down. And you're going to get locked up. Oh. And then you're going to see justice coming swiftly down upon you, Dan Andrews, Premier of Australia and all the other traitors, all the other people who are complicit in this agenda. You're not going to escape. You might try to flee to Israel or some other place. You might try to go underground. It's not going to work. The people are coming for you. They outnumber you greatly. That's the decision that we've made. And I would appeal to people, these vaccines are safe and they work. So please go and get one. Oh my God. I, I'm so infuriated every single freaking day, every single day. And that's why I'm playing this stuff for you. So you can be infuriated too. So you could do something about it. Yeah. Maybe it's not as bad where you are as it is in so first of all, uh, Victoria right now, but it's going to get there. And it's, it's a military martial law that's going on medical military tyranny they're they're combining forces that's why in new york where the unvaccinated workers were fired they brought in uh the national guard to fill the spots we have the national guard taking over hospitals this is medical martial law that's taking place here and down there in australia we have lieutenant general fruin who's the commander of the covid force operation in australia he recently said i'll make sure everyone gets a dose by christmas 2021 everybody gets a dose by christmas i'll uh yeah, let's listen. Let's uh, listen to that sure again. That we, I'll make sure that everybody gets a dose by Christmas. I'll uh, make sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is infuriating. It is so hard to have any bit of intelligence in this stupid freaking world where we're made to uh, go along with absolute idiocy, with absolute insanity. Now is the time to be fearless, people. Do you know how many threats I get every single day? sent to me a lot. Have they ever followed up on them? No. Will they? Maybe. I don't know. I don't care. The stakes are too high to worry about what could happen to you at this point. Oh, well, they could come after me in this way or that. I don't care. This is life or death right now. And you know what? I'm not going to stop until I'm dead or our enemies are dead. And I hope it's the latter. This is a serious, serious struggle. And I want you to take part that is what I am hoping to inspire today, that you take part in October's online offensive. And I'm going to end out the show with just actually the, the follow-up to the anti-white video that I played earlier. There was a part two to it, and I'm going to play the, uh, the second part to end us out here. And ho hopefully if the first part didn't get you fired up enough, 
the second part will. And it will be enough for you to want to take action. And if you're already taking action, then fine. Ramp it up. We're going to ramp it up. We're going to amplify. We are going to have our voices heard. And these people are going to be scared. We need to turn the tables. They used fear against us. They need to be the ones afraid. yesterday was a high school prank by a bunch of 50-year-old white men. 17 angry old white men. You just saw a bunch of white men, and I just thought to myself, this is not what America looks like right now. White Americans coming to terms with what whiteness is. It just shows the white privilege we're talking about. It shows the tone deaf that we're talking about. I hate to break up the 100% white male card game in the retiring room, but I think this is an important debate. Second point also is when watching those Republicans yesterday march, those white guys, those middle-aged, boring, nerdy-looking white guys walk down that steps was pathetic. We don't need white people leading the Democratic Party right now. The Democratic Party is diverse, and it should be reflected as so in our leadership and throughout the, the staff at the, top, at the highest levels. This modern Democratic Party is going to sit back and say, really? We want a 76-year-old white man? And my job is to shut other white people down when they want to interrupt. College professor under fire for suggesting that Congressman Steve Scalise should have been left to die because he's white. In Savannah, Georgia this week, a public event concerning an upcoming mayor's race was closed to everybody who wasn't black. Savannah Alderman Van Johnson defended his attendance at the meeting by saying, hey, not my business. Do you think the message there on the door is progressive? It's not my meeting. Um, again, I was asked to come and give a statement, and so I came and I gave a statement. Mm -hmm. It's totally cool. I go to a segregated event, but you know, not, not a big deal. Diversity and inclusion training put on for teachers and staff at the Santa Barbara Unified School District is being called anti-white and anti-Christian. In a lawsuit filed this week, Fair Education Santa Barbara is now suing Santa Barbara-based nonprofit Just Community Central Coast over training they say is making campuses more divided. So, for example, in the form of oppression column, uh, it has racism in the privilege group. It says white people. In the target group, it says people of color. In the form of oppression column, it says re religious oppression. In the privilege group, it says Christian people. In the target group, it says all others. Two-thirds of all white guys voted for Trump. That means anytime you see three white guys walking at you down the street toward you, two of them voted for Trump. You need to move over to the other sidewalk because these are not good people yeah. that are walking towards you. You should be afraid of them. A music festival in Detroit has been forced to change policy because of a big backlash after it charged white people double for tickets. Organizers said it reflected the white community's wealth and privilege and would help disadvantage people in the black community. Rapper Little Jag recently pulled out of this Afro Future Fest where they're charging white people twice as much to go as people of color, man. What, what do you think? Well, I think white men should always pay twice that much. <laughs> no matter what? No matter what. Angry, white, and male. The University of Kansas is offering a class on the study of just that. According to the class description, this course charts the rise of the angry white male in America and Britain since the 1950s. 
Take a look, police say this guy has attacked four white people across Manhattan, seemingly at random. Detectives also say he's made anti-white remarks. In one incident, he whacked a 64-year-old woman with a wooden stick. Police say he also bashed another victim with a brick. Now the NYPD's hate crimes task force is on the case. It's a sign of the times. Uh, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of volatile behavior going on due to the climate of the country. So uh, you can't expect much other than that. Who are they protecting? Because you shut down and say the like you. You shut down like the like you. Like you don't you. even know me. You know nothing about You're me. You're white. The chief said Muhammad also told officers he hates white people. All three victims were white men. Y'all races got the white devils. We will continue to bring destruction and wrath upon America. Uh, based on the information that we have been provided and our investigation has shown, is that this is solely based on race. All right, guys. That's all I have for you here today hope you got something out of the show and it's not just an opportunity for me to vent and go through all the nonsense articles that come out each and every week it's hard it's hard being in this world knowing what we know so instead of us trying to adapt to this insane judified world we're going to make the world adapt to us we're going to inform the people of this world what's really going on who the real criminals are and how we are being persecuted and targeted for extermination. Our truths will get out there. They are getting out there. And anybody that doesn't want to go along with that, doesn't want to accept the truth, that's too bad. Because we're going to change the world and make it suitable for us. We have every right to flourish and be free. And that's exactly what we will do. So please... Work with me to make that happen. If you want to support what's going on here, you, there's a P.O. box. There's also some crypto wallets. Please go to heathenherbs.com as well. Join in uh, October's online offensive, and I will be back with you all again soon. Take care, everybody. Class white, the fed is head with.